I'm ready to sound off about daily fantasy sports player pricing from last week. How did we do last week in DFS? Steelers and Pats. Tomlinson has a tough time at home. What now for the Steelers? Are we really playing Flacco this week in DFS? All of the info we need to absolutely destroy week 14 awaits. Now is the time we can see the whites of their eyes. It's time to go grab the victory. Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Let's continue the process. Let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping and uh, just, you know, how we did last week. Really frustrating. You know, Russell Wilson did not pan out in terms of the DFS lineup for a couple of reasons. Number one, namely, though, is just the inability to convert in the red zone. A lot of turnovers. That was a big problem for the Broncos. So we didn't get the return on investment. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but obviously could have been a lot better uh, given the environment. So we missed out there. Purdy, I thought was going to be popular. Hurts also turns out should have went there, as we will talk about in a second here. But, you know, A.J. Brown was fine, serviceable. Not exactly what you want to see at 8,800, but he didn't burn you. Mike Evans was good. Josh Downs did nothing for us. Corlin Sutton was great. He, he did what we needed. And uh, paying down at the running backs did not work. So a lot of busts last week. So really want to take some time and focus on that as a conversation. And, all and you know, I guess, uh, you know, if we want to think about last week in general, it's very apparent what's going on with the pricing on DraftKings, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, listen air it out right at the top of the show here. There is absolutely no way that in a plus minus matchup, like a plus matchup for Purdy, who is now being talked about, by the way, in the MVP combo, should he have been priced at $6,100? That's simply making everyone go there. That was the price that you paid for Purdy last week. It feels like we're, you know, all kind of, uh, being herded to this too good to be true pricing if you will you look at it and it's like what's the catch it feels like we are all getting better it feels like these sites particularly DraftKings, are getting more craftier and it's because we are getting better we get better they make it harder that's what's going on you know, before it was changing the quantity of certain types of contests. What else was it? It was uh, changing the payout. We've seen that. Then it was the number of entries. So now <clears throat> this is what we have because we've gotten so much better at daily fantasy sports. Now they're actively hurting us onto certain players in a way that you can't afford to miss out on or ignore that's what we're seeing on sunday in DraftKings and these in these pricing algorithms for the players all this is so that we all have to uh so many of us play the same players and it comes down to just a couple of key players one or two players instead of this diversified lineup realizing that they're doing this because they're realizing 
we are too good when we can just pick from fairly priced players. We got that covered. We got that covered. Here, the process been winning off that for years, right? So they have to do what they need to do to get ahead on us. We have to take this as what it is. It's a nod that we are doing things right. And so now we have to adapt because they've adapted. So we will do that for sure. So what does this mean? I think this means that um, we are making tournament lineups like this from now on to kind of get over this issue. One lineup for chalk at QB, one lineup for running back at QB, one lineup for wide receiver at QB. That's it. Because that's the new way uh, of, of what we're doing with the prices. Because you've got to be in one of those winning chalk lanes, it seems, if you want the payout. This is the way that we're actually going to do it and give it a shot on drafting so that we can stay ahead of them. There's a good housekeeping for this week because we need to start winning more money in DFS. Actionable plan so that we can actually do that. Now, seasonal, uh, we don't want to forget about seasonal. Let's remember to get sticky. Top of the show, I said, we now we can see the whites of their eyes. That's a famous quote for Bunker Hill, right? Uh, don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes. Don't react too early. Don't fire until you see the enemy close up, right? Because we have to save this ammo. We want to make sure that we get them. So we need them real close. We got to make sure that we hit them, right? Don't overreact. That's the kind of what that statement means. But now we can see the whites of their eyes. Now it is time to react when you think about seasonal. So you can't afford to have L's. You got to be on your winning streak to win out for the championship. And so the enemy is up close now. You need to get sticky is, is what the point is. You're facing somebody. You're not confident in certain aspects of your game, your defense, your kicker, your flex player. Stop. Remember, we've said this a couple of weeks, you know, prior on the show, but you got to attach yourself to your opponent if at all possible. He's got, you know, whoever at quarterback, get a wide receiver in that flex spot, get his kicker, get, you know, get a, some defense that you think you can stream. The point being, you can't afford to lose. If you have deficiencies, this is the way we can get over. I can't make somebody drop a defense so you can pick up a better one, but you can stream what's out there and you can do that okay. You know, playing a receiver that goes with the opponent's quarterback works well because the wide receiver, if they, if, a, if a quarterback was 10 for 10, two touchdowns, no incompletions, all to the same wide receiver, guess who would, who would get more points out of that, the quarterback or the wide receiver? Uh, it's the wide receiver. If you're doing half-point PPR, if you're doing PPR, if you're doing standard, guess what, folks? It's still the wide receiver. So the wide receiver gets the yardage as well. He's getting the catches. That matters more for him. And so if you've got that deficient flex spot, get his wide receiver in there. You don't have a tight end, get his tight end in there. Maybe he doesn't score to that tight end, but if he does, you know, you are attached to it. So you make his touchdown with his you know, quarterback worth that much less. You've got his kicker. Now you get an extra point if he scores a touchdown. So now his touchdowns, which are worth six points, really kind of worth five points now. If you are getting the receiver that he tossed it to, 
now it's kind of a deficiency for him to even toss it to your guy, right? So, <clears throat> guys, this is what we mean when we say get sticky. Thursday night football, I uh, was billed as a snore. Uh, it was supposed to be the New England Patriots going into Pittsburgh to play this boring 3-3 game. And Offman showed up early for New England. Uh, bit of defense early, set the tone. And then, you know, Pittsburgh was able to hop back into it a little bit later. Trubisky finally found his lane. But look, he is not the guy. It's simply what the issue is. Watt was banged up a little bit. If you don't have him, you don't have much on defense. But Zappi took a few steps forward. He looked decent. Um, throwing those downfield passes, look, you know, looking off at the checkoff guy and then throwing the ball, that's probably the most impressive thing. That's the thing that I want you guys to take away from the Thursday night football game is Zappi's second touchdown pass to Hunter Henry, where he's doing the wheel route up the sideline, catches it over the top of the safety. As the announcers point out, it was Kirk Herbstreet. You're not supposed to be able to make that throw. He makes that throw. That's great. And it was a nice throw. He threw it on the money. Now, to me, that's not the most impressive thing because – I think Kirk is right. A lot of times, nine times out of ten, you're not supposed to be able to make that throw. And if he wants to challenge that every week, I think these NFL guys will make him regret that. But the point there, though, is more about the fact of what he did before he threw that ball, which is why he got the playoff. The point is, he he looked down at the check down receivers. He stared at them while he threw the pass accurately and deep. That, to me, is very impressive. That, to me, is something that I've not seen Mac Jones or a lot of these quarterbacks do. So you look for these little nuanced things to kind of show you who is progressing, who is not. That was awesome. It was a good game for him. We have to see where, where this goes. But certainly a huge loss uh, for Pittsburgh when you are in the thick of a playoff race. You've got these offensive problems. You fire Mac Canada, supposedly turning things around. That doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback Trubisky's not the answer I'm not sure Mason Rudolph is the answer but at least Trubisky ended the game on a high note they were able to kind of get back into it a little bit but turning the ball over you know inconsistent quarterback play it's going to be very hard to win in the NFL with that regardless of who you got on defense or what other players you have on offense so nice win for New England uh, they've been few and far in between so glad they got that one so just to kind of round out, uh, you know, the housekeeping here, <clears throat> playoffs are around the corner. So we got to start thinking about if we play DFS and things like that, there's going to be players that are more valuable because their teams are chasing, not necessarily locked up a playoff spot, right, but chasing still. And so you got to think about these teams like the Tampa Bays or Atlantas. You guys are going to see we'll have exposure to these teams this week because you want to play for players that are playing for something. You want to be attached to somebody like a Baker Mayfield. They Atlanta's in the driver's seat at the moment for that lap, that division playoff spot, but it's not out of reach. He's you know he doesn't have a contract after this year. Obviously, he wants to come back, trying to prove that he can be the man, be the answer there. Mike Evans has been Mike Evans, you know, consistent, Mister Consistent, doing what he's doing. All this to say, they are right there, you know. And Todd Bowles is fighting for his job, too. He very well might be shown the door if they have a couple of embarrassing losses. So there's a lot of moving pieces. All that to say, you know, well, I want to be invested in that. And for Atlanta, they don't have some secure, huge grasp on 
the division. To be quite honest with you, uh, they're playing Tampa Bay this week, and they're right there. So, you know, this is an opportunity for both teams. That's what I mean when I say you want to get invested in these playoff teams. So you got to be thinking about your Tampa Bay's and a lot of teams in that NFC South division for, for that matter. The Saints, obviously, of course, still in the race. These are the players. Uh, anybody playing on a you know, contract coming up, we want to think about that too. But in terms of certain playoff teams, you know, you've got those teams I've mentioned. But you also need to be thinking about Buffalo, who's you know, trying to play their way in. Tough game against New, um, Kansas City this week. They can't afford many losses, if any. So thinking about that as a dangerous team, a team we want to attach ourselves to, somebody who's still alive in the playoffs. Jacksonville, very much alive, but Indianapolis surging. This is the light, this is the landscape out here right now. Um, you've also, you know, you've got the Eagles hanging out there. The Cowboys this week gonna have to try to beat them so that they can have a marquee victory. You can't beat up all the bad teams and lose to all the good teams. It's kind of what the theme has been. So we will see if they can rebuff that this week. Uh, the Broncos are in the thick of things too in the AFC West. They are right there. Um, and, and you know, a couple of disappointing weeks for them, but they've rattled off like five wins in a row. And so that consistency is what is keeping them alive right now. And every week, Sean Payton is whipping it a little bit closer and closer to what he wants. So the team to be thinking about there as well. Obviously, the Miami Dolphins, um, you know, looking for the playoffs too. So we want to keep them in mind. And every week, really thinking about Tyreek Hill, just because he's reaching some records in terms of like seasonal yardage and touchdowns and things like that. So it doesn't look like they're going to need to be beating up. But just want to start giving you guys a frame of mind about who to think about in the playoffs and why to think about them. So that's our housekeeping for this week. Let's play a little round of Would You Rather. I will go through 12 conundrums and tell you whether I would rather play this player or that player this week. slide up to would you rather pull up these flex uh, opportunities here and since this is Friday we're not doing it on Thursday like usual we won't have to worry about Thursday night conundrums but let's hop into it Calvin Ridley or Chubba Hubbard this week so Calvin Ridley you know in one sense you want to say he's in a good spot because you see more attention with Christian Kirk going down but they're playing Cleveland this week. And so that is rather problematic. Uh, on the other side, Chubba Hover and the Panthers. Look, we know that that offense isn't necessarily setting the world on fire, but they are playing uh, this week, <clears throat> excuse me, the Panthers. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the, the Panthers here. Excuse me, they're playing. They're playing the New Orleans Saints this week. So not a lot of opportunity on the ground for Hubbard, although he's been good over the past couple of weeks. If I had to choose between the two, I would say probably Ridley, even though Kirk was probably a little better uh, against the zone 
or, or maybe even man coverage. So I, I think Ridley's going to have to try to step into his spot with the extra production that's going to be there without Kirk, but it remains to be seen. I will take that over Chubba Hubbard against New Orleans this week. Taysom Hill or DeAndre Swift this week. And uh, Taysom Hill, we just talked about the Saints, they're playing the Panthers, but Philadelphia and Dallas. So, I, you know, I guess I could say Taysom Hill here just because Swift has been pretty quiet. I feel like I'd like to go with him, but for some weird reason, New Orleans loves getting Swift involved or Hill involved in finding problematic ways for other teams to deal with his involvement. So I think we can say that there. Whereas I maybe for the Philadelphia Eagles core of an opportunity to get Goddard back involved back from injury this week. Hopefully I'm wrong for Swift's sake, but just been down on him a little bit lately. Alexander Madison, or would I rather play Zay Flowers this week? Now Madison's in a nice spot, but he's been so inconsistent. I'm gonna go with Zay Flowers. This is a great spot against the Rams zone defense. I, I think he will get a lot of looks and targets. I like his production opportunity there. Joe Mixon this week or DJ Moore. I'm going to take Joe Mixon. I do like Fields this week, but Moore, I think I need to temper expectations. Joe Mixon should be in a nice spot. Plus, he's got the game, the run game rolling last week. Quarterback doing just enough to keep him viable. Jake Ferguson and tight end for Dallas this week versus Philly or Zay Flowers. We'll go Zay Flowers again. Much better opportunity there with Flowers. Zach Moss this week or Elijah Moore. Zach Moss, don't be fooled by last week. Tennessee was a very tough matchup. This is a much more attainable matchup this week. We'll go to Zach Moss if nobody else will, but I think he may be popular. Raheem Mostert or Garrett Wilson. A-chain is back, so I'm you know running, I'm coming down off Mostert. I don't want to share the opportunity. I want, you know, the guy with the job. Wilson is not in a great spot this week versus the Houston defense, though. Uh, and then the quarterback play has been inconsistent. I think of the two, though, I'm going to have to say Wilson just because with most are not even guaranteed to get the most touches. I don't want to go there. Gus Edwards this week, or would I rather play Quentin Johnson? Quentin Johnson can't catch a cold. If you gave him a couple of issues, uh, and, and, you know, if you, gave him, you, if you sat him outside with his boxers on in the rain, you couldn't catch a cold. So, Quentin Johnson or Gus Edwards, I'm going to go with Gus Edwards because he's obviously been sharing time with Keon Mitchell. So, you know, Gus is in the mix there. So, we'll go with Gus until Johnson actually does something. We'll keep poking him with a stick. Austin Keller, or would I rather play Brandon Ayuk this week? Austin Keller. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Austin Eckler. It's been a long week. Austin Eckler or Brandon Ayuk? I will go with uh, Brandon Ayuk. So, so, the 49ers are playing the Seattle Seahawks. And the Chargers, for their part, are uh, this week going up against Denver. I would rather, I know Eckler's in a, maybe a little bit of a better spot, I, I think, but he's not been very productive since coming back from that injury. So we'll go with IU. He's been pretty productive lately. Simple as that. He's in a good spot. I know McCaffrey is as well. That's the only thing holding back a true, you know, proper endorsement of IU. It's just we don't know what we're going to get. Because everybody's kind of been playing for Sam Brown. Cooper Cup this week or AJ Dillon. The Packers are playing the uh, Giants on Monday night in New York. And of course, the Rams will be squaring off against uh, <clears throat> the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. So. 
you know, for this one, I, I, I think you got to go with A.J. Dillon just because, again, if Aaron Jones is out, it's Dillon's job, even though his productivity is kind of capped, you know, we're getting. But the floor is much worse for Cup, and, you know, he could snap and have a great week, but at the same time, I, we haven't seen his involvement. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I think in terms of the Rams' offense, you got a lot of opportunity to play Nakua when you play this man, you know man scenario this week. When I think they're going to see versus Green Bay, so or excuse me, rather versus Baltimore. So <clears throat> you know it's hard to go with the guy who hasn't been producing for the, the other side of things is Dylan, his production is capped. So we'll say if this is something that you need safety, you need to make sure you, you don't get blamed, then it's Dylan. But if you need the home run, facing a big juggernaut, you don't have a chance to be more of an upside thing to play top. Okay, Jake Ferguson with Jonathan Mingo this week. You got to go with Ferguson because he's a part of the offense and I know Mingo had a good week last week, but Carolina is not consistent. Bryce Young is, you know, seems to be taking some steps forward, but we just really can't, you know, depend on that from week to week. Ferguson's a much more stable situation. And then finally, Dallas Goddard for Javante Williams this week. I'll go with Williams. It's a better matchup for Williams uh, and those Broncos, but, you know, Goddard's not in a terrible spot. Again, he's not the highest down in the pecking order. I think they're going to be itching to get him involved. Um, but Dallas, not terrible against the tight end. And uh, I do think that the Chargers offer some opportunity for Javante Williams. So we'll say Javante, but I'm not low on Dallas Goddard. But that will round out who you'd rather. Now you guys know who I would rather for week. And now it's time for the process to reload. And we've already gone over Thursday night football, so we will pick it up from there and reload with Tampa Bay Atlanta on Sunday. And Tampa Bay, as we said earlier in the show, still in the thick of the playoffs. They are not going away. Mike Evans has been playing for sure way more than Godwin. I'm not a big fan of Rashad White's opportunities running the football this week versus this Atlanta defense. But Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield will be able to do enough to stay in this football game. They lost to Atlanta in Tampa Bay earlier this year, so they're trying to get the split on the road. It's going to be tough. Atlanta, I think London is definitely in play versus this Tampa Bay's on defense. I also think that uh, Bijan Robinson can find a little bit of room, but just emphasis on a little bit. So in the DFS world, not too overly you know, popular there. Pitts would be in play, but I just I have no confidence in that. It's really London that I'm thinking about for tournament plays. Um, you know, both of these defenses, I think, have an opportunity to give up a little more than they did the last time around. I really like the Baker to Evans connection thing, but I think you can just play Evans and get away with that in this one. Um, I, 
you know, these two teams of I'm, I'm struggling to figure out which of these teams is better. But I do think that Atlanta has a great opportunity this week. I'd love for my heart to say Tampa Bay wins, but I think Atlanta shuts the door on Tampa Bay this week. I think Atlanta gives some separation between themselves. They're at home. They already see Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. They're at home now. Tampa Bay's 5-7, Atlanta 6-6. Six six. They're going to get to 7-6 and six as Atlanta and try to deal with the Saints. Reload. Indianapolis going to Cincinnati. So... For Cincinnati's part, I, you know, I think last week we did see that um, they're still able to get production from Jamar Chase, which is fantastic. And this is another great week for him to get production. Just, you know, ha- having a diminished play at quarterback isn't killing that team's, uh, you know, production, even though it might be killing their season, if that makes sense. So, um, but I, I do think that Jamar Chase is in play again this week for sure. Browning was serviceable. He's proving he can get the ball to Chase. And so we, we like that. But it's really Mixon again. I think Mixon took a step forward last week. This is a defense that's vulnerable for the run as well. And uh, if they can get that kind of block in the front again, which I'm confident they can win the line of scrimmage, then Cincinnati can use the run to establish themselves and then try to get Chase involved. Uh, Boyd also uh, in play, even though he's not been consistent this week. This would be the week to take the pig. Uh, I'm a little less high on Higgins this week, but that's on the Cincinnati side. On the Indianapolis side, I love Michael Pittman this week. Smash opportunity for him. Whichever coverage he faces from Cincinnati this week, I think he'll have an opportunity to get some production. And then that target share, just being around that 23 to 25% range, you know, they're going to be going to him early and often, and I can appreciate that. I also like Zach Moss this week as well. Kylan Granson, I mean, I, if I had to pick one of the tight ends, it would be him, but he still split time with the rest of the bunch. So there's that. But in terms of the wide receivers, definitely picking this week. Feeling very good about him. That's cash game opportunity right there in that one for Indianapolis. Cincinnati's going to be tough. They're going to be tough at home. But I do think the Garner Minshew will provide just slightly better play at quarterback, and that's going to be the difference. Indianapolis defense is no slouch. I think they're going to be able to show up in the end and uh, do what they need to do to close this one out and get a victory on the road. Reload. Jacksonville going on the road to Cleveland. We don't know if they're going to get Trevor Lawrence yet. Even if they do, it's going to be a tough one at Cleveland, playing that Cleveland defense. And so the Cleveland Browns have had some struggles lately, but there's that. Cleveland also being coy about who they're going to play. Not saying that they're going to play Joe Flacco or they're going to get DTR another run. Look, Flacco got 17.2 DK points last week. You would be stupid not to play him. I feel like they got to go with him, but they're just trying to hold their cards a little closer to the best, if you will. And if they go with him, then I think Cooper's okay. You know, Elijah Moore is fine. But really, I think this is a big help for Ford in the run game. As we've seen, Flacco, he has the ability to hit Hunt coming out of the backfield. He got a touchdown last week doing that. So these guys become more and play that offense a little more lively with Flacco. You cannot deny that. So I'm anticipating, you know, with this game analysis that he is a part of the offense and not DTR, who I think is just negligible to put him back out there. So, you know, another week into the system. Hopefully we can see some of these Flacco mistakes removed, but we know this is his MO in terms of his career and his life. 
but they got the Cleveland defense as we said. I don't think Jacksonville stands a chance in this one if they don't have Lawrence at quarterback. Etienne in the run game would be the way to go versus the defense, but they're going to be able to just stuff and put eight in the box if you don't have a viable passing game. So it's very hard for me to recommend anything. Cleveland's pretty good against the tight end, but I think Evan Ingram is going to be key again this week. He's proven valuable in not so great matchups before this season, so why not? But I think Jacksonville tries to keep it tough via the defense, and if they can get a turnover or two, they'll make it interesting. But I've got Cleveland winning this game, and I've got Paco Payne playing in that victory to get them to 85. Reload. Houston going on the road to the Jets. Again, the Jets, same thing. You, you can't have inconsistent play at quarterback. If they're going to go back and, and uh, revisit the play at quarterback and swap again, I think that's good. I think you, you probably do need to go back and take a look at why are we even playing Tim Boyle? He's obviously like not ready at this point, is what I would say. So I think uh, maybe they were. I was hearing something on like I think you know pro PFF or whatever this week about them. Just wanted to sit him down um, and get him reacquainted before they get back out there. Him, him meaning Zach Wilson. But I think he gives them the best opportunity to win. So he should be out there. Obviously, Omer Rodgers is practicing. Simeon is going to be the backup, as it should be. So we're going to get to see a little bit more of uh, Wilson this week, which is a good thing for Garrett Wilson. I think that puts him in play a little bit more. Just the zone defense, he should be fine. Houston, as we called out, you know, a couple weeks ago versus Denver, that they, you know, realizing the picks for that game, that they're going to give it up late at the end. You know, they they have these exciting games, but think about why that is, because the defense is faltering big at certain points in the game, so, you know, Gary Wilson for sure in play, Brees Hall, I, I think this is better for him, having Gary Wilson back out there, certainly, because uh, you're going to have to have some consistency there, but that's really all I like on the Jets side, their defense should show up and play, though, try to keep the game close, but they're ultimately going to be outmatched, Houston's defense is not terrible, Domingo Ryan's guys are going to show up and play for sure. But on the offensive side of the ball for Houston, Stroud, it's going to be a tougher defense for him, but I feel, I still think Nico Collins is a great opportunity to get him the ball here. Um, you know, one-on-one man scenarios. He is very dominant. Um, he's been consistent. I think he's firmly in play this week, regardless of it being the Jets, even though that does make it a much tougher matchup. But we're going to see what his medal is made of this week for sure. Now, running the ball, I'm not sure who gets more touches. It seems like Pierce takes over more this week, more. But I'm backing off of both of those guys. Um, not excited for production there. I, I think Houston finds a way. Noah Brown's going to step up this week. We've seen him do that in the past, so no problem suggesting that'll happen again. And Schultz is in play, too. Houston's going to find a way. I think their defense ends up showing up later. And... Uh, Proven that they're, they're a part of this game too. So I, I, I like the opportunity for Houston to go on the road to get a big victory against a reeling Jets team. You know, the Jets are going to play better than they have been. Reload. Rams on the road going to Baltimore. Baltimore, I, you know, I, again, I they want to play this man defense okay. Um, Puka Nakua, kind of the better target there, if you will. But uh, 
you know, I, I think just inconsistency from the Rams. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the better defense of Baltimore. So I'm tempering expectations for Stafford, tempering expectations for the wide receiver core. Um, you know, I think even Williams on the ground is going to have some struggles. Um, I just like Baltimore ultimately more. I know the Rams are playing for the playoffs, though, so that's the thing that we got to look at. And I think the passing game is the way that they keep themselves in the, in the game, obviously. Oh, honestly, I should rather say. But if I had to pick between one of the two wide receivers, I know Nakua had the better week last week, but I think you do go to Cooper Cup this week, especially if you got him this season. I think you can play on the field, okay? They're going to find a way to get him the ball. Then their backs are against the wall, so they've got to go with what they know works, and we've seen that work in the past for them. Baltimore, though, looks like they got a great chance to get a victory at home here. You know, Lamar Jackson will be just enough. I don't think he's DFS worthy, but he can be just enough to get the ball to where it needs to go. Namely, I think the Flowers, okay, likely kind of in play, but really I think this is about getting the ball to Flowers for Jackson. And then the run game will do just enough to, to kind of, you know, be serviceable, but the Baltimore defense should lead the way. It'll be a gritty, grimy Baltimore kind of game unless the Ravens can blow them out the water, which I don't see. So I think Baltimore comes away with a quiet victory to move on to 10-3 and three on the year. Reload, Detroit, Chicago. So unless Chicago, you know, gives us poor weather, what I think we're going to see from Chicago is Fields, like last game, not have the greatest passing numbers, but supplant that with the rush. Detroit has had a problem containing him on the ground. I think that continues for sure. So I like that. Not really having any of the receivers besides Cole Komet. Um, you know, Herbert, fine. I, but I just don't see a lot of production opportunities there. Bears defense, not sure they're going to hold up. On the other side of things, Detroit, uh, I do like golf. Amon Ross St. Brown is in play. He's a great play, one of the best plays on the weekend. He will have an opportunity to carve up this Bears zone defense for sure. I think they go to him quite often, and it works very successfully. Laporta's in play, but less so than Brown. The running backs are decently in play. The Bears have been better against the run, but I think Montgomery, revenge game, he was decent against them earlier this year, just a couple weeks ago, and uh, this is an opportunity in Chicago to let him, you know, be the hammer, and I think we can expect that. Chicago wants to pridefully win this game, split the, the you know, split with this team, but I don't see it happening. I think Detroit goes on the road to Chicago, gets a very valuable, very rare win in Chicago to get the 10 3 reload. Carolina at New Orleans. So again, Carolina inconsistent. I don't see, you know, Chuck Howard has been fantastic though. Again, New Orleans is just strong against the run, so I don't see the best opportunity for him, but if you got him this season, you, know, you can play him and feel fine about that. They're going to do their best to get his involvement there. Any other receivers probably dealing against this zone, but he has to deal with the inconsistency of his quarterback. We all know that. On the other side of things, looks like we're going to get to see Carr. He's passed concussion protocol. Seems like a miracle to me. Uh, he never plays. I, I'm tired of playing him in the DFS because he never finishes the game. This guy gets knocked out all the time. This guy is in the tent all the time. You know, some of you want to say he's gritty. I'm looking at the other way. Paper. You can't stay out there. So at some point in the game, he's coming out. And that hampers the production that he's paying for. So 
But in real life, you know, terms though, Olave is in a great spot here for sure. Uh, like we said, they try to do the trickery with Taysom Hill, I think at the goal line, especially because of the paper quarterback. But Kamara is the bigger play here. He's a great uh, fantasy player this weekend. If you can afford it on DFS, go for it. Really like the opportunity that he presents this week for sure. Uh, Olave as a wide receiver. I'm not really looking at anybody else there. But the New Orleans defense, I would say, also in a very good opportunity. So they're going to have to keep pace with Atlanta. They need this one and they can get it and get the six and seven reload. Minnesota going to Vegas. So the Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce, hoping to play upset here. Minnesota was being a little coy about who's going to start a quarterback, and now they've come out and just said it's going to be Dobbs. And I think he'll have a better game than last week. He's getting Jefferson back. Very excited about that for him. We know he loves the tight end, though. So Hawkinson in play, Jefferson in play. The better opportunity against Vegas is on the ground with Madison, even though the Vikings just don't seem to you know, be willing to rely on the run like that. So whichever way they want to do it, they had a great opportunity to go on the road and get this victory. Coming off the body, they've had, you know, a couple of weeks to prepare for it, so I love that for them as well. Uh, on the other side of things for Vegas, I, I mean, Devontae Adams is hard to bet against, but in terms of just blowing it up with his numbers, I don't think so. I think Jacoby Myers is in a great spot against this Vikings defense this week. I like the opportunity that he presents and the price that he brings along for himself on um, sites like DFS this, or DK this weekend for DFS. If you got him this season, I'm playing on the field. Good. I feel very good about Jacoby Myers this week. He has had a consistent year. Been good. And this is going to be another good week for him, no doubt. I like him. I'm less on Jacobs this week. Um, but if you have him in season, playing him, feel fine about it. Like I said, Minnesota on the road. Dobb plays better. I think Justin Jefferson shows us he is back. And Hawkinson plays second fiddle, but still is able to find some production as well. And the Minnesota defense, I think, will get a jolt from getting their best offensive player coming back to putting Vegas back on the wall. They get out of this one seven and six, keep those playoff hopes a rolling reload. Moving along in these uh, afternoon games on Sunday now, Seattle at San Fran. Seattle, sad for them they didn't get the victory last week, but they played so much better on that Thursday game. They've had a long week to get ready for San Fran, so they should be ready to roll. They're catching San Fran, coming off an emotional victory against Philly. This is the time to do it. So Seattle, I, I don't like them for the game, but we've seen Metcalf kind of come out of the shell a little bit. So I think versus this San Francisco defense, it's a great opportunity for him. Again, lock it in place, sure, but it's more about Metcalf this week, I would say, no doubt. Um, not even looking at the tight ends in Seattle, but Walker also not necessarily excited about what his, you know, production can bring just because San Fran blows the doors off you, so you've got to try to keep up, and he gets lost in that shuffle, I think. But Metcalf, like him, for sure. Uh, I think Gino either plays it too conservative, and it doesn't work out because of that, or he lets it rip a little, and I think he makes a few mistakes, but on the San Fran side of things, McCaffrey, this will be a McCaffrey game. He can get the box a couple of times. Um, the path to victory on the ground looks very positive for San Francisco. But everybody's in play. Kittle's in play. Both of the wide receivers, Ayuk and Debo. I like Ayuk a little more than Debo this week, but everybody, Purdy, all of it. 
Above all, though, it's McCaffrey this week. The San Francisco defense, I think, has an opportunity to play better. People might not be as excited about them uh, coming off the Seattle game versus Dallas last week, but I think you should play them and feel fine about it. Seattle rolls and wins this one. Can't see. Oh, I'm sorry, San Fran. I can't see Seattle coming into San Fran and walking out with that victory. San Fran wins this one. Seattle chunks down to six and seven. In my opinion, reload. All right, out to Kansas City, Buffalo going to KC. Buffalo need this one. They're six and six. They need this for the playoff hope. Look, both of these teams have underperformed versus what we assume they would be going into the year. That's very apparent. We know that. From what we've seen, though, here's how I I, I think it should shake out. Kansas City not going to have the services of. Isaiah Pacheco this week, and so they're going to have to rely on uh, Edwards Hilaire and Tyler McKinnon, but it looks like more Edwards Hilaire. I want to play him for DFS purposes, even if it's a split with McKinnon. He's just so cheap, and so we get that free square, we got to use it. I think Moss is the same free square this week, especially because people won't want to play him, coming off of the bad numbers versus Tennessee, but that's a good run defense, as we point out, week in and week out. Better week for Indianapolis against Cincinnati, and you know, decent week this week, I think, for Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus this Buffalo team. Buffalo's been making mistakes lately. Kansas City's defense is pretty good. So I, I, I just feel like, you know, the opportunity for them to be ahead and run the ball out persists. Now, in terms of receivers, you're looking at Rasheed Rice. That's really the only dependable guy. And obviously, you got your Kelsey, but it's just those two and Mahomes. But you got to temper expectations because that offense is not clicking on all cylinders. Like I say, the defense is going to be pivotal, pivotal, excuse me, in terms of their uh, production in this one at home. Now, Buffalo, though, you know, facing this Kansas City defense, I just, I, it's all about Stefan Diggs, but I just think he will. See a fair amount of attention. So, can you beat the zone? Sure. But there's just been so much inconsistency from Josh Allen. So, we have to see what we get there. But Diggs should be in play. I like him most of the receivers. I'm not really high on Gabe Davis this week. Or not. Or, or I'm sorry, uh, Kincaid at all. Uh, but I will say that Cook is in a good place on the ground versus Kansas City. If Buffalo is willing to go there, which I think that they should. These teams very much mirror each other in my mind right now in terms of their struggles, uh, which is ironic depending on what we thought both these teams would be going into this. So I'm going to say this though, uh, Allen has been too inconsistent and I think the Kansas City defense has been a little too good. That's going to be the, the part of this game that we have to figure out what happens because I think Mahomes will be able to do a little bit more of take what he gets from the Buffalo defense. Buffalo hasn't been terrible on defense, but Mahomes hasn't been as bad as Allen has been. So I, I I just think Kansas City is a bit better and they're at home and Buffalo shows the opportunity to throw up some mistakes at the end of the game. That's going to be the difference in my opinion. Reload. Denver going out to the uh, Chargers, going out to LA to see the Chargers. So Again, friendly environment for Russ, but can they actually produce? If you like Sutton this week, I'd stay away from Russ if you don't have to. But Sutton's in a great spot. Like him much less than Judy. Or, I'm sorry, much more than Judy. Javante Williams also in a good spot. So Sutton and Williams. Like I said, can't fall into that trap last week. We tried to go there. 
with Russ Wilson. I mean, the guy could have had three touchdowns for Christ's sake, I mean, and it just didn't work out that way. But they're in a good spot. I think their defense has an opportunity to play well this week against a Chargers team that has struggled on offense for sure. The other thing about the Denver defense is we think about them as the team that put up all those points versus uh, Miami, but they still scored two points in the team in, on DraftKings that week. Nearly every week, they've come away with positive points. So they're cheap on DK this week, and I think that they have a chance to just be in the game versus the Chargers, who've been making mistakes left and right, shooting those in the foot. They don't have a receiving core of the Chargers outside of Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's in a good spot versus the numbers, but it's just him. It's just him, and he's going to get all the looks on the targets. Now, Gerald Everett is also in a good spot, especially versus this Denver defense. They're terrible against the tight end, but Everett is not going to dominate yardage. What he's going to be is standing in the end zone and just get the touchdown, right? He'll have like two catches for seven yards and a touchdown. But we'll take that in DFS because it's going to help us pay down so we can pay up at wide receiver. So we like him. We like Allen. Um, those are the plays there. You know, Herbert, not really concerned about playing him as much. Like I said, playing a little bit more mistake-branded football, so we're not going to go there if we don't have to. But in terms of these two things, two teams, I think Denver can walk in here and get this victory. It's very close. You're looking at both these teams still in the playoff hunt. So Chargers very much need this victory. They're going to come out excited to get it, but Denver has been getting progressively better each week. This is another good test for them, but it's an attainable test. And I like this just chunk by chunk getting better by better. The good ones do it that way, folks. So, picked against Denver last week. We're going to go back to Denver, though, this week. Denver rolls on the road. Reload. Sunday night football. Philly at Dallas. Said earlier, Dallas has got to get the monkey off his back. You need a victory versus a good team. Simple as that. And this is a good opportunity for Dallas, too, to get a victory. They're playing well. Philadelphia is... Uh, playing well, but they just came off that loss to San Francisco, so I really feel like they're going to be itching for, you know, a pick-me-up kind of a thing. Dallas running into them at the wrong time. I think Philadelphia's going to win this game. AJ Brown is in play. This dude should have a monster game. Devontae Smith, less of him for me. And more about Goddard getting back involved. Like I was saying earlier, versus playing Swift. I think Goddard is a great opportunity to come back this week uh, and start to line up and, and assert himself. So I like him and Brown. Then Smith will be there. Then they can swift after that. But obviously, Jalen Hurts in play for sure. It doesn't matter if you're playing Dallas, who's been pretty good on defense. When you can do the touch push and also get it to Brown, Hurts is dangerous. And so he's you know in a good spot on the road with Dallas. No, we know they're going to want to give them everything they can. Prescott, also in a good spot versus this defense. Lamb in a crush spot versus his defense. I mean, both those wide receivers in a very good spot. Uh, Ferguson, I like him a little bit less, but uh, you know, he has some opportunity playing the season if you got him, feel fine about it. But the ground game for Dallas is going to have to do something to kind of keep that team in the game. They need to establish themselves. Haven't seen a lot from Pollard and uh, Rico Dottle, so want to see a little bit more there, but barring seeing that, I don't see how they I think I'm worried the victory here. Philadelphia, not the best defense in the world, but good enough to force Dallas into some mistakes, I think. Dallas has been a pretty good defense, but Philly has tried and true tested versus so many tough teams this year. And I want to say that uh, 
they are a better team than Dallas. I don't think they fear playing them. I think they would love nothing more than going to Dallas and get that victory. Is it possible for Dallas to win? Sure. But I, I just see that Philly is all business, baby. So I'm going to take them. And uh, reload. And now we get down to Monday night. We got two games at the same time on Monday night. Green Bay at the Giants is the first one. Uh, Green Bay, look, they should be able to get the ball to, I think, uh, Jalen Reed. I like him. Whether it's man or zone, but basically versus this Giants defense. But the Giants played the most man. So they're getting it to Reed. You know, I like, I think people will be on Watson or whatever. That's a mistake. It's Reed, is what it's looking like to me. And then maybe a little Dobbs. But that's where I would go. Dylan, you know, he's going to get the touches. And so we have to have interest there. But I just think that, um, you know, in terms of, you know, who gets on Green Bay, probably Reed and Dodge. We'll have to see if Love can continue his recent trend of better play, of just making the throws that he needs to, to make, essentially. Uh, but those will be the opportunities for him. And the Green Bay defense will have to show up. Now, on the Giants side of things, Mr. DeVito and company, I think they just continue to spread the ball around. I mean, maybe Wendell Robinson is in on some guy, but I just think that for the Giants part on Monday, he spreads the ball around. I think Saquon is involved, and then the defense tries to, you know, shore themselves up properly. So it's going to be a test, though, against Green Bay, who's coming in pretty confident, but I do think that the Giants are going to win this game. They're not the worst team in the NFL by a mile, and they are a credible NFL franchise, a credible NFL team. It's tough to go into somebody's backyard and beat them, especially when their backs are against the wall. We know that things aren't going well, and there's whispers about firing the DC and this and that, but the Giants are going to show up and they're going to play football on Monday night, and I, I do think that if DeVito can spread the ball around and get enough from Saquon, the defense will help them out in the end. Love has played well, but I just don't buy this quick, quick turnaround. I think there'll be some re- regression. And if not, that's awesome for him. And that's great for Green Bay because they really do need to keep pace with the Vikings. But unfortunately, I see it as the Giants taking this one at home and it's upset. And then we get to our final shot. So we're making a good one to reload for Monday, Tennessee and Miami. Titans going on the road. I think it's a Tyree Hill show. You know, two of the hill. You know, I'm not even worried about two of but obviously in season will play him. This is more about Tyreek Hill being able to break the top off of this defense easily. No questions asked. And from there, you know, it opens up the world for everybody else. Now, I will say, I don't think the running game is, you know, poised to be in a great spot for Tennessee uh, versus Tennessee. So whether it's Mostert or HN, I would sort of temper my expectations and just maybe focus on Hill, focus on Waddle, you know, like that and Tua, obviously, but I don't know if the running backs will be productive, although they'll get the touches. So you don't want to waste your your time when you're heading to a brick wall. Miami's defense continue to play better, and I, I think that this is a great opportunity against a weaker Tennessee team. They don't have consistent play at quarterback, so you want to say uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but couldn't say for sure. Couldn't say for sure. Outside of him, is there anybody else? I mean, you know, Henry, you know, if he's going to play, I think you can, for a seasonal aspect, be fine with that. He's not going to set the world on fire, but Miami does a great job of scoring points. So 
I don't necessarily think that they'll have an opportunity to grind it out the way that Tennessee wants. If Miami can do what they want to do, which is put points on the board, that sort of changes the complexion. Maybe you then get some receiving yards from Henry, which is fine, but there's just so many limitations to Tennessee. I can't see them going into Miami and uh, getting this victory on Monday night. I think Miami will be led by the defense. Don't know that they necessarily have to go crazy, but it could be one of those games where Tiger Hill just gets like four touchdowns. I mean, it's prime time. Who knows? I don't think the competition standing in front of them is going to, uh, you know, be a problem for him. And of course, if you got Waddle, you can play him and feel great about it too. But those are the games. That's how I see the scripts line it up for this week. So hopefully that helps you guys make the picks that you need to. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. get to our DFS picks. I'll keep it short and sweet for you folks. So, look, going with Flacco this week, he's just too cheap. $4,700 on DK. We cannot avoid that. And again, like I was saying at the top of the show, kind of ranting a little bit, you look at some of these prices, it's like too good to be true. You know, this is that. And so we need to lean into that and figure out where we get different elsewhere. And so I think that's going to be wide receiver. Now, so we got Flacco at quarterback, wide receiver, Mike Evans, $7,700. Great play. He had like six catches for 82 and a touchdown last time, but I think he can even surpass that this time versus this team this year. Pittman also, as we talked about, in a great spot, $7,300. And then Amon Ra, St. Brown. So those three, Amon Ra is 8200 So look, we're able to pay up by paying down for Flacco. So I want to get those three guys in there stat you don't have land you don't have ground on the you know main slate so outside of digs i think i'm getting top production from these guys have to have them all in there we'll pay down the tight end gerald Everett, thirty four hundred dollars i think hawkinson's probably you know pretty decent play on the day and you never want to count out kelsey but at the price for a guy that can just be standing around for a touchdown we will take that and then at running back to make this work, we're just going to go very typical, right? So Zach Moss, $5,900, play the free square, hoping people are off of him because of last week. And that was against Tennessee, though. And so they're a little stouter against the run. This should be a better week for him. $5,900, great price. And then Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, $4,200. Talked about the reasoning there. Too cheap again. So these are the plays that we know will be popular. But we're going to separate ourselves at wide receiver. And flex Jacoby Myers, $5,700. Minnesota all about that zone, 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 zone. That zone defense. So Myers can break the zone. I think he's a great play. We will go on our own. And this is what I mean about separating ourselves. So even if we get ownership out of St. Brown or Evans or Pittman, I think Myers is where we differentiate ourselves. And um, it should be enough. And then for defense, you got a couple of options down there that won't kill you. But I'm probably going to play the Broncos at $2,800. He's 
exciting as I told you guys just a couple of moments ago that this is a team that is just getting positive points, even against that Miami offense that blew them out the water, still got two points on, on DK for fantasy purposes. So that is the way to go this week, in my opinion. So, guys, those are the picks. That's what I got for you. Hopefully that helps you guys make your picks, and good luck if you are playing DFS and seasonal. On to Valhalla, baby. Let's go get it. Let's go win. As always, thank you for listening to the process. And then where can you find us? www.tigerbombsae.com. That is the Tiger Bomb website. You can listen to the process or watch the process at that website if you prefer through the uh, YouTube page link. Um, but basically anywhere that you listen to your podcast, right? So Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, um, you know, you can find us there. Facebook or X or Twitter or whatever, we're on there as well. You can find us the same way everywhere, guys. Tiger search for tiger bomb sports audio entertainment this will come up you can like and subscribe whatever's applicable for the platform you're listening on and be able to catch the other episodes of the other podcasts that we do like true crime baseball etc cetera, etc cetera. does a couple other things right so there you go that's how we can stay connected peace The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.